A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Once more Jesus spoke to the chief priests and Pharisees in parables. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main streets, and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets, and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus has been talking about vineyards these last few Sundays. The time has come to gather in the harvest. A wedding banquet is also a celebration of the fullness of human life. The married couple will bring children into the world. Just as Israel is the choice vineyard God has planted, in Israel's imagination, God is the bridegroom and Israel is the bride. There is something odd about this wedding banquet. It doesn't sound like a banquet that God is hosting. The king sounds more like Herod, who served the head of John the Baptist at the banquet in his house. There's something else about this banquet that surprises us, at least as we hear it in Isaiah's dream. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines. Jerusalem is built on a mountain, and the children of Israel, exiled in Babylon, long to go back home to the city on the mountaintop. But the reunion God imagines is not only for God's chosen, but for all peoples and all nations. The word all occurs five times in three verses. We hear echoes of Isaiah in the gospel. Go, therefore, into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. The new guests, who are bad and good alike, fill the wedding hall. All are invited. But there is still someone missing. Last Sunday, Jesus gave us this lens. 
The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Remember, we are in Jerusalem. It is early in Holy Week, and this is what is about to happen to Jesus. In the face of earthly authority based on violence, Jesus will stand silent in the face of his accusers and be handed over, bound hand and foot to a cross and thrown into the outer darkness of death. Many are called, but few are chosen. There's a word play here in Aramaic. The words for many slash few can also be taken in a qualitative sense instead of just a quantitative one. In this context, the expression might be better rendered as the great slash mighty are called, but the weak slash little are chosen. But someone else is missing. There is no bride. It seems that the guests are the bride. They were not invited to witness a wedding. They were invited to be married to the Son. They were not invited to observe. They were invited to participate. The requirement is a wedding garment, an eagerness to be united to the Son. The wedding garment signals a readiness to understand and act on Jesus' teachings. They must make them their own. They must marry the revelation and bear children, acts of justice, compassion, and love in the world. Instead of bringing a gift to the wedding, you are invited to be the gift that is given. But here's the problem. No gift is ever free. It's always part of an exchange, a complex balance between what we consider to be owed to each other. Paul, in prison, is writing to the church at Philippi who have sent money for his care. While he is grateful, you can hear Paul's hesitation in accepting their gift. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me, Indeed, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I'm referring to being in need, for I've learned to be content with whatever I have. Because it creates gratitude or obligation, to willingly receive a gift is itself a form of generosity. It says, I'm willing to owe you one. Extending the principle further to fully receive the gifts bestowed upon us, says, I'm willing to be in the debt of God and the universe. It's no wonder the invited guests refused to come to the banquet. On October the 4th, the feast of St. Francis of Assisi, in the Umbrian mountain village of Assisi, Pope Francis released his new encyclical entitled Fratelli Tutti, which is about building a more just and communal world. The title refers to a quote from St. Francis, which translates, Brothers and Sisters All. In his new encyclical, Pope Francis points to the worldwide tragedy of the COVID-19 pandemic that momentarily revived the sense that we are a global community, all in the same boat, where one person's problems are the problems of all. Once more, Francis writes, 
we realize that no one is saved alone. We are only saved together. The Pope recalls the words he spoke in his evening prayer to the world last March. The storm has exposed our vulnerability and uncovered those false and superfluous certainties around which we constructed our daily schedules, our projects, our habits, and priorities. Amid this storm, the facade of those stereotypes with which we camouflaged our egos, always worrying about appearances, has fallen away, revealing once more the ineluctable and blessed awareness that we are part of one another, that we are brothers and sisters of one another. Francis continues, Here we have a splendid secret that shows us how to dream and to turn our life into a wonderful adventure. No one can face life in isolation. We need a community that supports and helps us, in which we can help one another to keep looking ahead. Dreams are built together. Let us dream, then, as a single human family, as fellow travelers sharing the same flesh, as children of the same earth, which is our common home, each of us bringing the richness of his or her beliefs and convictions, each of us with his or her own voice, brothers and sisters all. As Isaiah imagines, it will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us.